it really is collaboration. It's really understanding where you can play your role and looking at it in all aspects from education to employment. Right. right? It just doesn't stop with certification. Certification is phenomenal. But what can someone do with that so that they can provide for their family? Right. Right. What can they do for that money back into the community? And even more important, how do they continue to pay it forward? Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. I'm Adam Moore in studio once more with my co-host, Chloe Goodyear-Reed. And in today's episode, we're joined by Cecilia Bolden, the Chief Development and Diversity Officer at SDI Presence. In her role, Ms. Bolden leads the development of new, large, strategic accounts for the firm and oversees the organization's financial stability, growth, vision, and direction. As Chief Diversity Officer, she also works to implement a business strategy that foregrounds diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Cecilia also works with the Chicago United, an organization that works to achieve parity and economic opportunity for people of color by advancing multicultural leadership in corporate governance, expanding the talent pipeline for executive level management, and growing minority businesses. Chicago United promotes real change and progress in their city and has contributed to increases for minorities in the C-suite over the last 10 years, almost 14 percentage points, moving from 6.8% in 2012 to 20.5% in 2022. Ooh. Welcome to the show, Cecilia. It is so good to have you join us today. Can't wait to dive in and see what you're doing up there in uh, the Windy City. Thank you, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here. And what an introduction. I need to have you introduce me all the time. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. so impressive, especially those I stats know. at the end. 6.8 to 20.5. That's incredible. I know. Incredible. I know, right. That is something else. And, and you know, 10 years, that's really not a long time frame. No. You know, it really isn't. That's that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. But you know, when you're focused and determined and you know the art of the possible is possible. Right. right. Yeah. Right. 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 And that that kind of like what we talk about on the show all the time is supplier diversity, DE&I, all these wonderful things. It's all about intentionality. Correct. Right. Oh. If we just do it to do it and check a box, it doesn't it does it doesn't do anybody any good. But right. when we put intentionality behind it and then passion like you have, oh, my goodness, great things occur. And that's amazing. So much passion, so much passion. So we'll jump right in. So, so yes. yeah, tell us a little bit about your journey and where you are now at SDI yeah. Presence. 
Okay. Well, thank you for that question. Again, it's an honor to be here. You guys are awesome. And I love talking about supply diversity. There's so much talent in all our cities and across our country. It's nice to put it in the forefront. So for me, my journey in consulting was accidental, actually. Mm. I wanted to be a pediatrician when I was in college, hit organic chemistry and said, I need to rethink my life. And you know, <laughs> so, fortunately, there are a lot of options out there. So I, it all started. I love telling this story and I'll try to make it short. I went to a liberal arts college on the East Coast and fortunate that companies would come to our university. Okay. And uh, we had happened to have a, a handful of systems integrators at the time. Mm. And I remember one company in particular, uh, there was a partner from the audit side and a partner from the consulting side. Audit was pretty self-evident, right? You kind of know right. what they did. But I was right. very curious about the partner from consulting. I said, can you tell me what this consulting thing is all about? Because I hadn't really heard the term. Mm-hmm. And he said, great question. He said, you know, we implement IT systems for all types of companies and all kinds of industries. I said, great. I said, why are you talking to me? Why are you here, Right. This is a liberal arts institution, um, you know, psych majors, social majors, that's kind of the thing. And he said, let me ask you a question. I said, go ahead. He said, when you think of IT, what do you think about? What comes to mind? So we're talking late 80s. Mm-hmm. Oh, I said, nice. IBM, he said, exactly. And mm. I had another question mark on my face. And he said, you wonder why I asked you that? I said, yeah. And he said, well, what happened was we have the ability to hire the best engineers from across the world. And they build really great products, but the clients don't like them. And I had another question kind of moment. And he said, the reason why that's a problem is our folks thought they knew better than the client about what they needed. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. So how do you unteach that? Right. Yeah. So as a collaborative, the SIs decided, you know what, we're going to go to the liberal arts institutions because either you have a knack for customer interaction or you don't, we could teach you all the technical stuff. Sure. And thus began kind of my journey uh, in consulting, right? They invested in me to help me build up my technical capabilities. And I just honed uh, my interpersonal skills as I matured in the industry. And I worked for a variety of companies. I worked for product companies, but I always stayed within services, but I just made sure I really tightened my resume because Mm. in order to advise someone, you have to have experience and you have to understand and be empathetic. And so the only way I was able to do that was to really build my technical skills and take all of my experiences and offer that to potential clients. And so I'm proud to say I've been at SDI. It'll be actually 19 years. Wow. Congratulations. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. That is so cool. That is very cool. And and what what an interesting path. Right. right, To go from, hey, I'm going to be a pediatrician to I'm going to be a consultant. Uh, exactly. You Not know, glamorous sounding, does it? But it, no. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's like uh, one day I woke up and found I was like, huh, I've become the contingent labor guy, and I don't know how that happened to me either. You know, you just mm-hmm. all of a sudden you just realize it's like, oh, this is this is where all of my life's experience have led me to, and here's where we are. But you talk to other people. I'm sure you talk to other consultants. I talk to other people in the contingent labor field, and everybody's like. Yeah, this was not on the roadmap, <laughs> but right. here we all are. <laughs> right, right. Speaking of just like pivots, you know, how has your work to design and implement information systems informed your leadership around DE&I and supplier yeah. diversity? Because that's sort of an interesting path as well, right? So how right. did you end up leading that path and leading that initiative throughout SDI? 
Well, you know, I give all credit to my CEO, uh, David Gupta. Literally, I think the year before the pandemic hit, they call me CB at work. So he said, CB, I need you to do me a favor. <laughs> and he says, I want you to kind of do this role of chief experience officer. That was the, uh, the role I had before this one. And I said, okay, well, you never say no to your CEO, but can you kind of explain to me what the expectations are around that? And mm-hmm. um, I've been with the firm a long time. And he said, I really need you to be the proselytizer in terms of what we do as a firm right? Mm. You're very in tune with our ecosystem and the companies we work with. But I want to make, he wanted to make sure that the SDI message went out there, went out properly. But conversely, he wanted me to pay equal attention to the folks inside SDI, right? Um, We are consultants, we don't make a product, right? So what's important to us is keeping up with certifications, keeping up with technology trends. But even prior to that, um, one of the things I was very sensitive to being an African-American woman in the IT space I don't see a lot of us in this space and I know the talent is there. Right. And so he really afforded me the opportunity as we bid on projects to look at our competition, right? Mm -hmm. SDI is a diverse firm or an IT professional services firm, Mm -hmm. but we are recognized as diverse and we saw what our competition was and they were really good. So why would it not be better to partner with them? Right. Right. And we all win and we really build a, a highly technical, capable diverse IT ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it sounds like a lot, but if it's right there and you know what each other does, it really makes life uh, really easy. And so right. we just forge really great relationships. And one of the things that we don't, a term we don't use, but it's very common in our industry is subcontractor. We don't use that term. We use no. partner, right? Right. And the difference is sub means less than. For us, partner is you share in the risk and you share in the reward. And that puts right. a whole new face on how you do business and how right. you do people. Right. Yeah. It's amazing what a phrase or a turn of phrase can really just turn how you look mm-hmm. at an opportunity and how folks can see how it can be advantageous to all parties. And so mm-hmm. I was always sensitive to that. And, you know, we were always looking for ways to reach back into our community. And we were fortunate to find a program called Chicago United mm-hmm. uh, here in Chicago. And Chicago United started on the heels of the assassination of Dr. King. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And what happened was the city of Chicago, the west side of Chicago was burning. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. the leaders of the companies downtown stood on the roofs of their buildings and just said, we can't let this happen to our city. What do we need to do? Right. And thus Chicago United was formed. And the Chicago United was intentional. Right. It's like we are the leaders of the business community in Chicago. Why shouldn't everybody play a part or have a piece? Right. Right. And that's what started it. And uh, when we got involved with Chicago United, their then president and CEO was Gloria Castillo. And Gloria is like, we need to create a program five forward. And what that means is you have a majority company mm-hmm. that more or less adopts five diverse businesses. Mm. And it's not just you say, okay, we're signing on the dotted line and we're going to be partners. It's going to be transactional in the sense of you have to put a number there. And yeah. the goal is to meet that number, Right. Give companies the opportunity to show their wares and help them stretch. Mm -hmm. Everybody's held accountable. So on a quarterly basis, um, we have to report our numbers. You know, did we live up to that number? Did we exceed that number? And I'm proud to say every year we've been a part of Five Forward, we've exceeded our numbers. That's awesome. That is awesome. So it is, it is possible. So when we started out in Five Forward, we actually had six partners. We're now down, down to five. But like I said earlier, they're our competition. So we knew exactly what they could do. But the beauty of it is I would always ask them each year, what's your stretch? 
What have you not been able to do because maybe you've been pigeonholed because you're really good, right? You had the blessing and the curse of being really good. And so we're able to backstop their work and give them the opportunity. So let's say you're organizational change management firm, but you want to get into network engineering. That's kind of hard to get into when you pitch to a client, because if you haven't done it before, then how will they know? But what we can do is offer that to them and backstop the work and support them so Mm -hmm. that by the end of a given project, they now can say they do network engineering and or cloud and, you know, the plethora of other IT solutions out there. So it's been a beautiful journey for us, too, because we started as a really small firm and now we're, you know, upwards of 350, which gives us a lot more leverage to partner with a lot more firms and and do do some great things as well. Mm -hmm. That is wonderful. So when you talk about five forward, is there sort of specific curriculum that each of the companies are given to sort of mentor and develop these minority businesses? Great question. So, you know, I give all credit to Chicago United with that. Throughout Mm -hmm. the year, they do different types of webinars, right? Webinars that are geared towards C-suite executives, webinars that are towards um, managers, Um, whether you're a majority company or a diverse business, you're all open to that. And they have some really, really phenomenal speakers. They have, you know, partners from some of the larger systems integrators firm, and they tell them how they like to partner, what they like to do. Um, and also a couple of years ago, Chicago United came up with a, a program in which they recognized five forward was but a piece, right? right? But in order to really build in um, supplier diversity, you have to hit all levels within an organization. Yes. So um, they have another program in which you have um, your CEO, that's kind of the sponsor. And then you have kind of a new to mid-level manager you know, someone that's going to grow within the firm, mm-hmm. um, but maybe they don't have a, a really broad understanding of supply diversity and the role they can play in it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a tangential relationship to make sure that that person's reporting manager knows what they're doing. And it's called a Corporate Inclusion Institute. And so it's a, a year-long, nine-month program, actually, where wow. in class, um, like once, once a week, mm. and then you have professors from all over the country that Zoom in. And talk wow. about and educate about supplier diversity and phenomenal. So you can name UPenn, I believe USC, a whole slew of, of universities that have dedicated areas to diversity. And they're pouring that information into the business world. So the beauty is that you're, you're combining corporate America with education so that what ends up happening at the end of that nine months, you now have three to four people that have gone through this program and now it's becoming core to the DNA of that company in Mm. terms of how you look at diversity. It's not just a person. It's not even just two people. It really is the bloodline within the company that really they're committed, which has allowed us to create, you know, a mentor mentorship program. It's allowed us to reach out. We have apprentices and interns and in SDI's history, we've had over 200 interns come through the walls of SDI. We've collaborated with the local city colleges here. We have a phenomenal city colleges program Mm. and they love working uh, with corporate America. And we've had a longstanding relationship with the city colleges of Chicago to the extent in which they've allowed us to create job descriptions so that they can create curriculum. I love that. that. Can Get right out and get into the working world. We've had apprentices that have come in and worked alongside our managers. So they really can apply what they're learning in the classroom, in the workplace. So it really is about building equity. So you're using education and combination with corporate America 
to really let folks know, you know what, you don't have to leave home. That money you make pours right back into your community. So right. you're really building a sound economic structure uh, for individuals that may be prior to this and have it. Right. right. So, yeah, it's been great. I love that. Wow. That is quite the that's quite the program, to it be honest is. with you. You know, when you look at it, I mean, that's that is one of those full 360. So what do you think it is about the Chicago area that has allowed kind of this ecosystem to develop, right? You you talk to other areas and other chapters and that type of thing. They seem to be struggling with it, but you guys have got this truly robust program going on, right? right? That's, that's looking at all facets. What do you can contribute to that growth? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it, it, it takes, I hate to use old cliches, but kind of norming and conforming, right? You yeah. Know, you the educational piece, you have the corporation, and then you have kind of Chicago United that's kind of bringing people together. And, you know, there's no one-upsmanship, right? We're all, mm-hmm. you know, marching to the same beat. I think Chicago United put in the forefront that businesses really have an obligation, right? Yeah. You operate at the behest of the citizenry. Right. Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. successful because you hire people, people work, people go out and spend money and they, you know, and they feed the economy. Right. But how right. do you keep that right. going? Well, you have students, right? Students that are being mm-hmm. educated that right. want a piece of that pie. So that's kind of where the education part comes in. And I would even give credit to, you know, the city of Chicago as an enterprise. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they have all kinds of summer pr- programs, you know, one summer Chicago in which they encourage industry to reach back into uh, the city colleges, back into high school, you know, and I know city colleges is really thinking about reaching back in even to elementary school, right? Right. Really planting the seed that often. So, you know, it it really is collaboration. It's really understanding where you can play your role and looking at it in all aspects from education to employment, right? right? It just doesn't stop with certification. Certification is phenomenal, but what can someone do with that so that they can provide for their family, right? right. What can right. they do pour that money back into the community? And even more important, how do they continue to pay it forward, right? Which is maybe mm-hmm. the bigger question. So then you build a cycle. So, you know, for, for SDI, we believe in what we call the three C's, client, uh, community, and colleague. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, for us, if whatever we're doing doesn't fit into that triad, so to speak, mm-hmm. you need to take a pause, Right. Right. Because something is not quite right or something is not firing on all all cylinders. And we recognize as as citizens and as a bigger, maybe more mature, mature, diverse company that and I like to quote our chief legal officer, Linda Petty, who said, you know, we're climbing the ladder. It's imperative for us to hold it steady for those that come after. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't make the same mistake so we can help prevent that. Right. Nice. Nice. It's that that. whole reaching back concept, which I absolutely love. Lift as we climb. Yeah, I love it. Love it. I have just a, you know, just thinking, you know, about Adam's question, when you think about other cities and particularly like ones that we're in, you know, Atlanta, big cities that have similar makeup in terms of Fortune 500 companies Mm -hmm. that are, you know, headquartered in those cities. How would you suggest that other cities replicate these kind of programs in their regions? It takes such a huge effort and it, you know, it's a lot of coordination and facilitation and a meeting of the minds. And I think that that's probably the biggest challenge, but I'd love to hear, you know, your thoughts on how some cities who are considering this and listening and are like, this is amazing. We should do this. You know, what, what are some of the things that, that they would need to start thinking about from the onset? 
Right. I, you know, I think, and, and again, not to necessarily replicate Chicago United, but something on the order in which, if you will, majority companies kind of have a commitment to supply diversity, right? And they want right. to they wanna do more, right? right? And then you have kind of philanthropic organizations that are willing to, you know, provide grants. And then you have um, the educational component, right? I believe Atlanta has Atlanta Technical College, they do. College, right? We have a lot of schools, yes. Yeah, and, and so thank you, Baders. Yep. Yeah, yep. and when you work with um, uh, institutions such as that that want to build certification programs, so you have a company that can be the pilot, right? right. They want to bring people in to their business. You have diverse businesses that want to work for the companies, right? So all of this is kind of like it's like a pyramid, but a funnel, right? right. You have the students that are being trained. You have the diverse businesses that can hire the students. And then in turn, you have those diverse businesses that can provide a value added service to the business themselves, right? So again, it starts with a commitment, understanding the role you play in in kind of this puzzle and having a 360 degree view. It begins and ends with the person. And I'm Mm. thinking about the student. The student wants a better opportunity and they just need someone to give them that opportunity. So what better way than an apprenticeship or an internship? And we distinguish between the two at SEI. An internship is really, it could be someone that's kind of out of school paying a wage, whereas an apprentice tends to be just shy of completing his or her certification Mm -hmm. or, you know, education, but they want the real hands-on experience. Right. So, you know, I would probably say to to not, if you will, duplicate Chicago United, but identify a business that's a pilot that's willing to take on a handful of diverse businesses and kind of create an agreement in which over uh, this two-year period, you know, we're going to do this amount of business with you. Mm -hmm. We're going to mentor you. We're going to stretch you. So if we hire you to do organizational change management, maybe you want to have a series of business analysts. How do you do that? Well, maybe we help you understand the business core capabilities. So it's an airline or it's utility. You educate them on that. So now you have a business analyst that has a clear understanding, a subject matter expert in a vertical utilities. That's kind of how you do it. And you measure the progress. So you said over a two-year period, um, the business is going to spend X amount on these businesses. And at the two-year period, a couple of things hopefully will happen. You spent more, you've allowed this business to grow, and now you've provided a funnel, a distribution mechanism for pulling people through both from the educational system as well as from diverse businesses. So in that in that model, everybody wins. And we did a program um, similar to that out West. We took, we worked with, SDI worked with Chicago United Um, and a client in uh, Southern California because they wanted to uptick their diversity equity program. They wanted to do more. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, SDI was trying to sell to this client. And part of our pitch was talking about United. And they were like, okay, I know you want to pitch us, but tell us more about this other thing, right? Mm -hmm. And that client ended up coming to Chicago and going to the annual gala that Mm -hmm. Chicago United put on. And they're like, I want that program. So SDI, Chicago United, and this client formulated a contract to help them revamp their diversity, their supplier diversity program. And it's been a huge, 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 and let me say one more time, huge success, right? Because the business was intentional. They knew they could do more. They used the model that was successful here in Chicago, but applied it there to their business. And they were able to bring on more majority businesses and even more importantly, more diverse businesses. 
I love that. And you know what I think is interesting? And Chloe and I have had this conversation many a times when we start talking about NGOs. Yes. Right. And I <laughs> this won't is name what they should be doing. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that was yeah. the polite way of saying what's going through my head. Um, <laughs> I have to say sometimes being, you know, I was in corporate supplier diversity. Now the chief people officer for an MBE firm, mm-hmm. you sit there and go, it's battling NGO units, right? Mm-hmm. I have a database and you don't. And I have a mentoring program and you don't. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you have Chicago United, right. which is in itself another NGO, but it's local, it's organic, it's yes. central to Chicago, and it's kind of taking this leadership role. Right. Right. And never once in this conversation have we heard mention of the big three or four NGOs that we all know and love so well. Right. And yet you're doing all this amazing stuff. So I think that is what I hope is maybe we have a chamber, a chamber of commerce listening to this podcast and can take it and run with it. Right. Whether that's a Dallas chamber, an Atlanta chamber, an LA chamber, who knows? Because I think that's where we start to see the growth, the change, the outreach is a local group that knows the local businesses, knows the local leaders, and is not having to report to a national organization numbers that are irrelevant to the area in which we're trying to affect. Spot on. You put it in a nutshell, right? It's being local, being intentional. There it is um, again. Understand your environment, right? That you're in the city. Yeah. Yeah, right. It really is. And, you know, it goes down to understanding your your ecosystem. Like when we started and you first started asking me questions, Chloe, it was the first thing I said, I knew my competition. My con- yes. competition became right. my partners. Right. There's enough for everybody. Um, there is. And I've had plenty of customers that said, you know, I have this phenomenal diverse business and I, I want to pour into them, but they're not big enough. And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to have them grow in an unhealthy manner, or I don't want such a huge percentage of their business to be dedicated to this company, right? right? Because that's right. not a good thing either. No. God forbid something happens, then that business goes up in flames. And that's the last thing anyone wants to happen. So when you spread the wealth, you backstop the risk, you do manageable growth, Yeah, great things happen. Really does. Yeah, it really, really does. Just listening to you, Cecilia, I think one of the things that resonated with me in just how you guys partnered instead of looking at your competition as your competition and let's just, you know, hold this to ourselves. And also with how you guys thought about Chicago United, it's really more of a growth mindset than a fixed mindset that a lot of companies and cities and other organizations have. It's fixed on what we've done in the past and trying to still do the same things, which we know is insanity and thinking that they're going to get different results. But when you're thinking, truly thinking about growth, you're thinking about the possibilities and how can I partner and how can I think about things in a different way and look at things from a different lens? Your competition could be your partners. Why can't we all win? And I think that that's something that we all need to start thinking about in a lot of different ways, you know, fully evaluating what the skill sets and capacity that your organization has and what does a ideal partnership look like and what sort of organizations do you want to be involved in, but just taking the time to do that with intentionality. Yeah. Again, intentionality. And the other thing that we found is we do reverse partnerships too. Mm. We don't always have to be the prime. Obviously we like being the prime, right? Right. Holding the paper is very powerful, but 
we've enabled our partners to be the prime and we will be their partners on the back. We'll be tier two. Yeah. And that's okay too. Right. Right. Because that gives them the courage to do it Yeah, because we work with them. We have a supply diversity mentor program and we help them understand when and how you build up your back office. Okay. Not everybody can do it at the same time. When do you bring in a talent acquisition manager as opposed to outsourcing? Right. right? And paying the money. What, once you're spending more out than it would take for you to bring in the headcount, then it's time for you to bring in the headcount, right? right. So those right. Little things, so it's not only Chicago United creates the framework by which mm-hmm. we partner, but we do more right. as well because we understand there's more to it. And at some point, they're going to need to break away and figure out, though they probably do it already, sell, mm-hmm. right? How do we go and recruit? How do we get the right person? We found out along our journey that bringing recruiting in-house really allowed our talent acquisition manager to really understand the executives, understand what should be in that job description and what right. makes for the right candidate. Right. So it right. becomes a more intimate process. And that's something you learn kind of over time. Right. Right. As you grow your business, as you marinate through certain things. Also, we have a pretty mature back office, but that came with time, too. Right. Right. You have to understand and know your business. And never do we try to run our partner's business because that's not the goal. It's to help them and mentor them so that they can go out on their own and feel comfortable and grow. But again, in a healthy way. I love that. Well, thank you so much for this coming on amazing. the show, Cecilia. Yes. Oh, thank you guys for having me. This oh, yeah. Your passion for this has just been infectious today. This has been great to have you on. I mean, you've just given us both so much to think about, too. Uh, and, yeah. you know, how we can help support the small businesses that we're connected to, but also the corporations as mm-hmm. well and help them think about things just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm here to help. I love to talk about this because it's not as hard as you think, but you said it best. It's thinking differently and yeah. being intentional, right? And I think mm-hmm. once you start there, the sky's the limit. And what may have seemed impossible is more than possible. The numbers speak for themselves. So I love it. I love it. I love it. Be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn at Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore and Cecilia Bowden. If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcast and check out our previous shows. Stay tuned for next time. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.